morning. We hope to move back to uh, 10 to 9 as soon as we finish with all the offerings. <laughs> it's not a small maze that I got here this morning. So uh, just have to make sure 150 people leave safely. So, uh, <laughs> to, uh, so let's go back for a moment to the Pasuk Perik Tezayin. Pasuk Yud Gimel. So Shimshin, unfortunately, is trying and will be unsuccessful at this balance between Shalom Bayis and not giving away the secret to his Naziris. Keep in mind that the backdrop here is not just a secret to Naziris. The fact that he's involved in this whole relationship, even if she was born... A yid, she was Megayer Kahigan, even if all that's true, all that's debatable, but even if all that's true, apparently at this point, Denisayan is realizing that uh, she's not on his side and she's not the right one for him. And as the Moshia and the Shefet, this is not the type of matzah that he can sustain for his Ruchnius. The result of that, of not leaving, we're getting into the first place, is the fact that something is going to be triggered that's going to make him lose his Yat and the Naziris is a key, again, just as a final trigger to losing his Kayach, but that's not really what it's all about. People are following along and they're sort of hoping in the background why doesn't he realize she's going to betray him that's not the problem this is the result of the fact that this wasn't a good idea in the first place obviously his madrega he saw whatever potential ruchnius there was to be gained over here and she obviously had some qualities l'chatchila and perhaps she had bechira also they could have been brought out in a positive way. It didn't happen at such time that it's past the first question of curiously asking, by the way, where does your strength come from? First time, you could not know that that's coming from a bribe. She's now completely mishuchud in terms of her worldview and her view of Shimshin and what she's going to do over here. And it was all about the money and they offered her a lot of money, this 1100 is a lot of money. The, the number is going to be repeated by Pesel Micha, which is not going to go unnoticed. And some of Hashem say this was considered the sum of money when you want to really buy something special or buy someone to get something done. This was a very large amount of money, and this was considered, uh, if we use an expression, I'll pay you a million dollars, or in today's rates, I'll pay you $10 million, $100 million, to have tremendous, tremendous uh, movement in getting somebody off their point, as they managed to do with Lila. Or, we're not uh, there yet for a while, but by Pesamicha, of a large sum of money that's going to, in somebody's mind, create a very chashava object, or in Pesel Micha's case, a very destructive object. But the number is a high number. 
So, yes, yes. We're going to convince you one way or another that you're going to be totally blinded by this, as in Sheikh uh, Ya'aver. So, you've heard me say I'm uh, fond of encouraging parents to help their children along. It has to be age appropriate, has to be a proper amount, can't break the bank, can't spoil them, all that put into the equation. But Sheikhet is only usher when it comes to the anim, and by children and incentives, it's a mitzvah. No, it's not usher. With that said, it's not people thought that was a kula when I mentioned it. Not a kula. It's pointing out is, um, adults have their incentives and children have their incentives. And when they're younger, it's age appropriate, so it's nash and it's a little bit of money and Adults have that as well. There's nothing wrong with that. And often it is a big mitzvah and a big motivator. It's also by a dayan, because a dayan has to be objective. And as soon as there's anything involved, it's not objective. It's not limited to a dayan. If you're asking somebody to ba'avol somebody, to betray somebody, to put them in danger, to get them killed, and in this case, it happens to be a spouse, which Leilenu doesn't come up very often, and they would never do it because they married them in the first place. There was a point in time where she was somewhat l'shma. As you mentioned at the beginning of the parak. it was difficult for him to find the shidduch. It's part of the mix here because he was a fugitive, lived a dangerous life. Nobody really quite understood him or there were yechidim who did. And he is a chid to get married and stay married. So started off, there might have been a leap of faith on her part, and Lishman again, he saw something in her that was very positive and unique, and could have been a catalyst of growth. None of that is relevant now, as soon as 1100 anything, silver bars, silver coins, whatever this was, it was a lot of money, and she lost all objectivity at that point. And then you could sink to the lowest possible imagined scenarios where she's going to convince herself. What is she thinking? Everybody wants to know. So as I mentioned, before, for all stage, thinking that uh, he's getting older, he can't keep this up, it's not going to work, and therefore I'll strike a deal, they might torture him, but they're not going to kill him, they promise not to kill him. That's a ridiculous explanation, right? But she, at this point, had herself convinced. It's just a, no, but they did because you can't. They blinded him and they put him in prison, and uh, ultimately, uh, he's even if he doesn't bring down the whole building on himself. Thomas Nafshin pleased him. It's not a sustainable life, and it's worse than death. So that just goes to show you: you can rationalize anything with enough money, or enough of uh, distraction, or Yitzhahara. You can rationalize anything, and that's the tragedy that's unfolding over here. So she keeps nudging and badgering and worse. And the middle one we're up to is where he told her about tying his hair to a loom. And uh, let's see Yud Gimel and Yudalit again, and then we'll get to the Marmachemist and Nagea from here. Tama Dalilo Shimshan Adhena, He Salta Bi Vitatabi like his of Megidala, Bimate Asaviamela, Im Targi Esheva Machlafais Rashi, Im Hamasachas. So. As he's sleeping, so she's going to test him. He's asleep. She yells out, the police are here. Obviously testing his reaction and what he can do. Remember, she has a havamina that 
as soon as it's tied to this loom, he already lost his strength, which had no shaykhs to anything except for the fact that this one already involved his hair. First one, just some rope around his hands, around his arms. So he's already getting closer and slipping in. See, here he doesn't yank the hair out of the masachas, which was a choice, but not if you're a nazir. A nazir can't uh, cut his hair and has to be careful not to purposely have his hair get pulled out. So he's still so strong that as he wakes up and he moves, the hair, Baruch Hashem, didn't get yanked out, but the entire loom, which was bolted and reinforced into the floorboard, now gets lifted up and he's walking with it. The looms, I don't have a loom at home, but they're probably heavy. And, And it was bolted to the ground. And he walks away with it. And she sees that this didn't work. And she complains again and says, It's the third time and you trick me. That's her major complaint. Like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> that's, that's why I has it over her. What? Oh, yeah, I'm fucking not disabled yet. Why is he going wrong? So, as I, that's why I, I had this brief uh, chazara. He, the notion is coming from an incredible place. You see, his midas. We almost will do anything to keep the balance, the delicate balance of not doing or saying the wrong thing and shalom bias. So, shalom bias, in theory, one could pay a relatively steep price for until such time. Nobody wants to know this formula, so I'm going to say this in a very simplistic way because it doesn't need any commentary except all the time that it does. But the stopping point is where you're doing something usher, causing somebody to do something usher, or giving it as something that's going to cause the debilitation of Ruchnius. Gashmi is also, it doesn't, it doesn't have to give away his safety and his, uh, and his health, but that already we have some kula if he says he wants to go uh, jogging in the morning and she says no, he wants him to take carpool. He says, jogging? That's a big claw, as we all know. So, um, and jogging could be important, but okay. So, it's not a direct threat to anybody's safety and uh, get a, a treadmill in the house. You don't have to go jogging at that time in the morning and uh, you'll hang up your jacket on the treadmill afterwards. It's good for all sorts of things. You'll figure it out. <laughs> So then we say, okay, you know, get a life and uh, just don't start an argument. So we have a lot of kulas and a lot of suggestions where to give in, but where it's a real, direct, and obvious threat to Ruchnius, you don't. And Shimshon is such a giber, benefesh, and bekayach, and the kayach came from his nefesh and his Ruchnius, he felt that he could still balance this and still get the job done in terms of the Shalom Bites. That's a very noble cause. And he felt, okay, she's nagging, she's nudging, she's uh, really bothersome in this Indian. Apparently everything else was going fine. <coughs> Apparently dinner was on the table and uh, he, 
went out to learn when he could. Apparently everything else was okay. Just this like annoying thing got stuck in our heads. He figures, okay, this too shall pass. Which often in life, uh, if you do that, it will pass and no harm done. Not over here, obviously. But we know the end of the story. He has to know that, He st- obviously doesn't think at this point he didn't even bother checking the other room. So you would all vote to say, okay, why don't you just take a quick peek to see were there any plishtim? Remember the first time there were. That would have been a telltale sign. Didn't even look. Because she right away said, yeah, just testing. Want to make sure you're very strong because you never know who's out there. But don't worry about it. You can go to Night Seder now or something like that. She made up some excuse, like this is not... So he didn't even want to do something that would trigger in her mind that maybe he didn't trust her. Which again tells you that everything else was seemingly fine. It wasn't, we know that. But he's trying to keep this balance. And he was extremely brilliant and still holding a very high dragon, still was walking around with a kayaf makosh baruch to keep in mind, while this is going on. So... Everything we say is Lafima Jigasai, and we're going to try to learn out Dinim from what happened over here with the decision, the very quick decision. He woke up to be careful not to extract his hair, which can lose some, as opposed to just taking the whole loom along. And that's what we're going to focus on this week and next week, because it's very Nagel Amaisa. That's what these Maimakamis are about. So we'll get back and not, not lose the trees in the forest afterwards, but we know the end of the story, and it is possible in theory, unfortunately very much not the case over here, that the spouse, the partner, the whoever you're dealing with can have some crazy bug in their head. It's a soul, they call it a juke in their head. And everything else is normal, and, but this is like, ridiculous. But okay, you deal with it and everybody's got their mishigasin, but uh, there's certainly no police them in the next room and she wouldn't be trying to get me captured or anything like that. That's insane. And uh, the juke in the head. What's the juke? Is there's a secret. Uh, you can't do that. So age appropriate. Uh, one of my daughters, I have many, so you won't figure out which one it was. When she was like seven, she had a claw. Is, is something illegal about making me curious? And you realize that you know sometimes parents discuss things in the house, and you can't always re- go to a room seven flights under to discuss it. You have to, and then the kids have ears, and they're picking up. And says, oh, well, "What was that about?" What was it? So I said, "Well, it's actually, you know, either you ignore it or you, or you tell them it's none of their business if they're already eight or nine. And then sometimes they come up and say, "Well, I'm a member of the family. You know, I I don't want to be maybe curious." And that's like an avera chamur. So as they grow up, they learn that, no, you can be curious. Nobody actually died of curiosity except for the people who did nefarious things trying to figure it out, like Shimshon and Dalila, but it's not Shimshon's fault. And that's part of the chinuch growing up, is that, no, you're not privy to all the information, despite what, uh, what's his name? Is he still in jail somewhere in Europe, in England? What's his name? The guy who says everything should be everybody's information? What's his name? Huh? Yeah. He's still around? Yeah, so that's an extreme, to say the least. Even, again, we're, we're not saying the governments do everything right, and there's always some uh, dark state aspect, but you can't run a government or a spy agency. I, I can't overemphasize this. It's not shaykh. You can't run anything if you tell everybody all the secrets. How do you ever fight a war? 
I don't know what he thinks, but he'd probably say wars are horrible. Yeah, we agree, wars are horrible. But if you are Rahman Aslan fighting a war and you're in a matzav, I would advise that you don't send a message to the enemy when you're going to attack and exactly how you're going to attack. Because that would be kind of counterproductive, no? So that's push it to most people. That's extreme. If he would say that, no, you can't make me curious. I'm curious. What's your next move? You can't make me curious? It's a, it's a matter of uh, public policy. We have to let everybody know everything is going on. Well, by definition, you can't run a spy agency. Shimshin was a spy. That's really what he did. He ran two different uh, tracks in his life. And it was very difficult. And she decided she wanted to know. So he thinks that this is this bug in her head that uh, I'm involved over here. If you're going to tell anybody, you've got to tell me. And most of the time, that's true. Not here. So that's what he attributed this to, and he figured that this is really ridiculous what she's doing, but when somebody gets a bug in the head and she says, you can't make me curious, just try to explain what possibly was going through his mind. And therefore, everything else is okay, we're going to keep this together, and we're not going to slip, but he keeps slipping closer. So he's trying to appease her and get that going. Yes, and just get that juke out of her head, but everything else, yeah, and everything else will be fine. That's, sometimes that's true, quite often it's true. And uh, the fact that she's saying it's uh, illegal to make me curious is, okay, but you're not eight years old. And you have to, have to deal with it. That's, that's the background over here, which is an important lesson in shalom bias of what we should try to accomplish in normal circumstances. And if you happen to really be a spy and she really wants to know what's going on, at a certain point, even a spouse, you'd have to say, I'm sorry, I work for the CIA and we still do have secrets and I can't even tell you, which I assume is the uh, operating procedure in the CIA, you know? I haven't divulged anything in this year yet. So uh, you guys have tried very hard. So uh, my children at many points were convinced I was working for the Mossad. I haven't yet, I haven't yet said anything uh, for or against. Uh, to, uh, okay, so take a look first at the Matsudas David. Take a look at Yud Dalid in the Matsudas David, the third Dibra Masal. So he has a very fascinating shot here, which the Akhrenim discuss. First two times, the first two tests, she tied him up. A rope, stronger rope. And that was done while he was awake. Wasn't asleep. And she told him as she's tying him up, we're just going to test your strength. You have to do that just to test every so often to make sure everything is in tune. So he was fully awake. To tie his hair into a loom, he would not have allowed had he been awake. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Al-Nazir has to be extra careful. He can't even comb his hair. Because if he combs his hair, he might pull out a hair. And therefore, she knew he would never allow this, even in a test, quote-unquote. And can imagine that Sadiq like Shimshin, a big masmid, very active. And the few hours he got to sleep, it was a deep sleep. Didn't have too much time for it. And therefore, she did it at a time when he would notice, because otherwise he wouldn't allow it. 
And he's bringing down, as it says in the Gemara Nazir, you can't even comb your hair. Now, take a look. The reason I want to uh, dwell on this just a little bit for Chazara and Chizik purposes, in Hocha Shabbos, there are a couple of areas that are a bit weak and often misunderstood because there's a built-in Yetzirah. One we touched upon yesterday in our genetic shear uh, happened to come up, Shabbos watermelon, but that we solved already because they took out the seeds. A big, big, tremendous accomplishment for the Frum community, even though we didn't do it. A Gaim have seedless watermelon also, no? So, uh, Burr is always an issue. It's not particularly it's hard to do burr, but burr is complicated as Lamatas Malachas go. And at, at the table, sometimes people, Rahmalaslan or even burr, because they just don't know the parameters. That doesn't hold the candle to our sugya right here, and that is the combing of hair for a Nazir, which is not as common, and Shabbos which is extremely common. And by nature, the Nashim Sutkanias and the little girls, probably the ones that are eight years old and are very curious, have an issue uh, with this. And part of it is lack of idea of what the parameters are. And it's in Isayan, but as you grow up, uh, there shouldn't be too much of a contest between potential Chilo Shabbos and looking even better than you look in the first place. Let me put it that way. There are ways to do this, so we're going to go over it and we're going to discuss it in the context of Shimshon and what the Isra over here is and what the parallel is between the Nazir protecting his Kedushas Naziris, making sure the hair doesn't come out, and combing the hair on Shabbos. The sugis are extremely related because the Gemara compares them, and it's quite uh, fascinating. So you have two sets of Marmachemas. All this is uploaded. Whoever's listening on the screen here you have I don't know you have the Ramam over there from last week I don't know what I put out as we walked in two minutes late here but you have uh, Rina Yitzchak have a double well, so we're going to give me two weeks and we will answer that question uh, yes yes I'm trying not to make you curious so we're going to get to it so take a look first at the Rina Yitzchak. You have two pages here? Yeah. Double-sided? Okay. So the Rina Yitzchak, he points out something interesting just to get the uh, basic Shaila, and then we'll see the Makaris inside in the Rambam, and then in Shulchan Aruch. You see the first, uh, second column, uh, one paragraph in. He would never allow this had he been awake because it might fall out. And this is a direct quote from the uh, two lines we just saw in the Mitzvah's David. Wouldn't have done it when he was awake because he wouldn't have allowed such a test even at the expense of the Shalom Bayez, but that's already getting into a possible Isser. Ulam. Ein Dvar Niren. So, there's a bit of a kasha here. There's a machlekes, as you know, throughout Masech Shabbos, and not just in Shabbos, but in Nazar also, Kola Tarakula. Shailu is it the same exact machlekes, so the parameters are slightly different, but over here, the kasha is going to be the same. 
After Rabbi Yehuda, the Sri Ledavish and Meskavin Usr, Shimon holds Davish and Meskavin as Mutter unless it's a Psikresha, Rabbi Yehuda holds it's Usr. Even according to Rabbi Yehuda, so Shaila, which we're not going to go into now, that I mentioned is Is there a Chilik, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, in Shabbos versus Kalatara Kula? Does it go down on my drag on Shabbos? Because Shabbos has a requirement of Malachs Malshevis. That's an important idea. We're not discussing Shabbos yet. Right now we're discussing Nazir. And he points out that, yes, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Davar Shem is Asr, and therefore it'd have to be extra careful. Don't even put your hair in a loom, because something can get snagged or stuck, and it can accidentally fall out. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, Davar Shem is Asr, even by a Nazir, not just in Hilcha Shabbos. Well, this is exactly the same. It's a different story, not our discussion now. Now, why then is it usher to comb your hair? So, listen carefully. I time a dasalisuk mavur benazir mebezman alaf, bibne de cholasarik lahasir. Naaman Middledolus Miskavan. When you comb your hair, you might not realize this. You've been combing and brushing your hair for a while. So yes, stop it. Why are you doing this? So this might not come up directly as your first reason or primary reason. Most people say, I'm just trying to make it neat, which is true. But apparently, the Gemara says, in the process, as you're doing it, the way to make it neat is to sort of push it and comb it in a particular direction. But as you're doing it, it will snag or get caught in some hairs that are either knotted or loose. When I say loose, say the hairs attached to it, it's not, but it's like almost out and it's not really cooperating. So people have no problem as they're combing, they'll pull a little bit, it'll come out. And those hairs will fall out, which would explain why, if you look at your brush or your comb, it has hair in it. How'd the hair get there? Some people wonder, well, what's this? What's it doing here? <laughs> you shouldn't wonder for that long. It's supposed to be there, and most people are actually part of their kavano. Do they think of this mafeirish? Is that's part of the process? My maid is no longer davar she'en and miskavin, and that's the lush on the gemara over here. Is the chol aserik lahaser neiman midudolus miskavin? Miskavin doesn't mean he has to like declare ahead of time, right? But it's part of the process, and if that hair is not cooperating, you want it out. And in a few strokes, that's going to happen, Mamela, and that's Kavana. Now, I make a chilek because this is going to be a crucial point, and that is that we're not claiming because of that it's always going to happen and it's a psikresha. You don't need psikresha if you are machavin to pull out the hair, because the whole machalik is by Shimon is by davar she'en machavin. Once this is part of the kavana, again, people might say it's not my primary kavana. I didn't even think of it. The Gemara says it's part of the process, and therefore people machavin for that. Therefore, there is no machalikis, Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon, if it's a davar hamiskavin. Machalik is only where it's en miskavin. Rabbi Yudol is aser. Shimon says it's mutter unless it's absolutely going to happen at psikresha. At this point, we're not discussing yet. Are we calling the Pesach Reish? Even if it's not, the Gemara's Lashon is made the Chol Hasarik L'Hasanim of the Dolls Miskavim. That's only if you're combing your hair and you know you're going to bump into these unruly, non-cooperative hairs and you want to pull them out. That's the Dover Miskavim. 
and that's why it's also in the regular combing or brushing process. Aval, Gabi Shimshin, our case, if you're tying it to a loom, you absolutely don't want anything to be pulled out. And even if it does, that's a Davish Ainamaskavin. If you pass on the Shimin, what's the problem? You understand this, Kasha? The Mitsudas just said, the Shimshin would never allow this, something might fall out. And if something falls out, it's not a Psikresha, Lachaira. And he doesn't want it to fall out. He's not combing his hair. It's tied to a loom. So you're saying it's a test. He's going along with the test. It's a part of her Mishagas with the test with the ropes. It's another test. Okay, we'll do the test. I'd rather not have things pulled out, but I'm not looking to have it pulled out, and it's not a psikresha. Assuming it's not a psikresha. So what's the problem? He's asking on the Masudas. Why did the Masudas say that he had to be asleep? He would never allow it. Why wouldn't he allow it? It's annoying. So is wrapping rope around your arms. So if he's going along with it, he's going along with him. Why is that a problem in Hilchas Naziris? That's his kashem. So that's the first Torah. Then he We'll discuss soon, probably next week, is the Stiran Rashi, which they discuss, seemingly. Kasu. Why is it So Rashi and the Rosh and the Rambam bring down that it's a psikresha. The Gemara's Lushan is he's having kavana to pull out the hair during the brushing process. Those are two very different reasons with big nafkaminas. So why does Rashi and the Rambam and the Rosh jump to a psikresha if the Gemara says a very different reason? So, he's going to mention one of the Pshatim. We'll see inside. The uh, Achrenim are very busy with trying to be of this. So, if you say you have a heavy loom and you're tying all the different strands of hairs in, then something is going to get pulled out. And therefore, that's a psikresha. So, then according to these Rishayim, we understand why he had to be asleep. He would never allow that. Shailiz, how do you put that with the Gemara? Next page. Normally when you call me hair on Shabbos or Nazir, it's because you're trying to pull out hair and that is not psikresha. If you're trying to pull out hair, it's no longer Davashen Meskavin and the whole thing's Nazir. So why is Rashi mentioning psikresha? That's a side problem. That's even if you're not Mechavin. So, Abchayim, who is of the opinion that the Rambam holds like the Aruch, this should sound very familiar, and this is very important for Sugyas and Shabbos in general, combing hair in particular. And there's Rab Shemit, who holds Dabr Shemit's Gavaz Mutter, and then there's even Rab Shemit, who's my div, it's a Psikresha, it's also. What if it's a Psikresha lo Nichalai, a Psikresha lo Ichbaslai? Let's treat them as the same. Shaila, whether they are. Lanichale means, uh, yes, it's definitely going to happen. Psikresha Pashas is when it's definitely going to happen. Not 90%, not yes. And almost Psikresha Pashas doesn't exist. I say Pashas because there's even a bit of a tumult about that. But let's assume Psikresha means 100% it's going to happen. So what if you don't want it to happen? It's not Nichale, or you couldn't care less. So the famous Shita the Aruch, if you like Subas, spent a lot of time on this. Is a psikresh la nichale mutter legamre, or does it just knock it down and it's only us and So it's generally assumed that we don't pass like the aruch straight away. We take it 
into consideration as a sniff lahokal. But the reason this Rab Chaim is very important is because he has rayas that the Rambam agrees with the Aruch and Absikoreshalanichalai is mutter. We don't pass like it straight away, but interestingly enough, Simchazelig was the Diana Brisk. Was very close to Rab Chaim. So when he heard this Mahalach in the Rambam, that the Rambam now agrees with the Aruch, not just the Aruch, the Aruch is brought down Taisis, but it's not just the Aruch, and you assume when you see the Aruch, Rav Yishayim agree, and Taisis self disagrees with the Aruch. The Rambam holds that Psikreshla Nichale is Mutter. So he took it into consideration more in dealing with Shailas. And interestingly enough, Simchazelig already was dealing with Shailas that we're still dealing with today in refrigerators on Shabbos. Just interesting how, and other such childhoods. It was the beginning of technology, and you open the fridge, the motor is on, it, it was on, it's turning on. It's a more complicated childhood, but that's the Soviet Pacific ratio. You don't know where the internal thermostat is holding. So even though I just told you there's no such thing as a suffix psychratia because either it's 100% or it's not. This suffix psychratia is if I knew what was going on inside and I knew it was about to turn on if you open the fridge, that's a vadai psychratia. I just didn't know where it was holding. That's a machlegas abikivegim of the taz. That's much more complicated. Opening the fridge is not as simple as we think. Now it's last 10 years, it's not simple for a different reason because there's 5,000 bells and whistles and as you open it up, it's ordering cream cheese for you. Uh, that's all, and, and probably singing's mirrors depending on the day of the week and how it's programmed so it's far more complicated but, but Sam Chazeli started dealing with things like just is this a psikresha so one argument says not nichale it's leich besle I don't care when the engine turns on just as long as the coolant still, still works I don't need it to work right now that's not it, that's for itself it's not so pushy is that leich you want it to work and it's supposed to turn on you want it to turn on now the other the machleg is Taz Rabbi Kivager is I don't know where it's holding if you have an industrial fridge You've seen them, big kitchens, catering things. The thermometer, the uh, gauge is on the outside. And you can see exactly where it's holding. And if you know the device, you actually know when it's about to turn on, and you're, or you have ovens or indicators that tell you when it's on or off. This is the Shaila by oven doors, the Shaila by refrigerators, and now the Shaila is exponentially more complicated because it's triggering a lot of other things. Point is, it's important to know whether the Rambam holds like the Aruch. Do we have two Yishayim, the Rambam and the Aruch, or just the Aruch, and that affects how many sniff from Lahokal. But let's just finish the paragraph here. Beautiful shot. Again, we have a stira. The Gemara says you can't comb your hair, the Nazar, or in Shabbos, because it's miskaven. You're trying to pull out unruly hairs that are getting in the way. You want them out. And you have no problem with that. And that's why a lot of it ends up in the comb with a brush. That's without a psikresha. That's a davar miskaven. It's not a davar miskaven. But Rashi and the Ramam the Rush say, no, a psikresha. They mention psikresha. What do you need that svara for? The answer is... It's a psikresha. You'll tie it. Should have been mutter. I can still comb my hair. It's la I don't want the hair to fall out. Kamash Malan, the Gemara says, no, you do want the hair to come out. The Gemara is telling you a svara why it's nichale, why it's miskaven. You need both svaras together. That's the Ramam is saying, which is very important uh, for the halach la which we'll see. Lafizeh, mira dilashimshin shapra yamutter shatarik sara kivn la nichale shatashasaru. So he says, it still comes out that Shimshin's not combing his hair, not brushing his hair. 
putting the hair in the loom, if a hair gets pulled out because he moved too far away from the loom, or he forgot it was in the loom, that's still a Dabr Shem Miskavan. In Kain, Havi Bechal, Dabr Shem Miskavan, Kaimala Mutter, Bechal Tarakula, Kwantar Shimon should be Mutter, so his Kasha still is here. Why does the Mitsuda say that he never would have allowed this if he were awake? Because a hair might fall out. If a hair might fall out, it's not a Psegratia, and it's not a Skavan, and he doesn't want it, so that should be Mutter. One could say the Pashat in the Mitsuda is that. His hair is Kedush Kedushim, and he's a Nazir. And Nazirim, even with all the lumdis of Dabr Shem Miskavin, it's not Psikresha, he's not combing his hair, he doesn't want to fall out. Nazirim don't want their hair stuck in looms, because that's not a smart thing to do anyway, and he wouldn't do it. So, Mitzvah might be saying, but it's still Mitzvah, he's trying to be Medayik. He didn't mean in the technical aspects of Dabr Shem Miskavin the like. He meant that he wouldn't have allowed something as ridiculous as this if he were awake. Putting the rope around his arms was already ridiculous enough. And there's only so much you can do for the Shalom Bayes. That's what it's meant, but the Kasha is a good Kasha. The, the Lushan doesn't sound like that. He's pointing out that the Isser for a Nazir and for everybody else on Shabbos to comb the hair is one of two things or both. It's sometimes a psikration. Even if it's not, it doesn't make a difference. It's still going to be also Kuntab Tabshim because you're actually trying to pull out hair. And we're going to focus on that next week. Yes? So that's the just the and the story storyline over here. How can they not know this? You mean don't go near it? The same reason he walked around the vineyard and his parents go straight in that, That's why I think, as I think, is the pashim shot. It's probably what the Matsudis meant. He just nice the Matsudis is Matsudis. So he's being medayik. Matsudis mentions. Uh, sounds like he's talking about the din. He says off the din. There's no. And it's not Meskavin. So, what's the problem? It doesn't fit in with the, with the Klal over here. And according to this, Rabchaim, you might need both to create the Yisr. The answer is Shimshin wouldn't want to do it because why would you want to do that? And there's only, as much as we're plugging for Shalom Bayis, there's a Gvul, and that's crazier than getting tied up. That's the, and that ultimately will be the push up shot. Uh, what we're going to try to look at next week, and the other Marmachemites you have, just put them back neatly so we can have them, is going over, which is Nagea all the time, the haircuts and the dangerous, dangerous numbers people are using sometimes on the side of their head, on the Pasa Roish, and the combing on Shabbos, so tell your children and the other members of the family, you will be getting this straight next week, so they have one more week hopefully to do the right thing. <laughs> and the third thing is, why you're allowed to touch the side of your head, Bechlal, are the Pasarish more sensitive in terms of what's falling out. So Mitzvah Shemri will get to that next week and hope to start on time.